Welcome to the CareerWise Nurse Podcast. This is your place if you are launching your career as a nurse or are preparing to launch. If you're growing into your role or growing into a new role, or if you're seeking to thrive or just need a little refresh in your work as a nurse or your life as a nurse. Living your best nursing life doesn't just happen. It takes energy and dedication. On this podcast, you will have the opportunity to learn, live, and love all the experiences of being a nurse. Nursing is truly an amazing journey. It's your amazing journey. It's your license. It's your career. It's your job. It's your reality. And it's your certification. It's all about you. You will get strategies and stories, inspiration, information on how to live your best life in this podcast. This is all about helping you stay fresh, energized, and making sure that you are your best self on the job. And when you're off the job, when you finish that day shift or that night shift, or your day is done, and this is about today, tomorrow, and your nursing future. So hang on. Thank you for being here with me on this amazing journey that we call nursing life. Welcome to the CareerWise Nurse Podcast. I am so happy that you are here with me, and I am so happy to have Kara Johnson with me today. She is a nurse living in Alaska, and she wants to share with you some tips on starting out as a new nurse, which was just a few years ago for her. We will talk about the highs and lows, some of the greatest opportunities that Kara has had, and some of the challenges you encountered, Kara as well as how you've overcome those and what you're doing now to support nurses, because that's really what we want to do. We want to help nurses live their best nursing life, be fulfilled in their work, explore options, and really define what they need for professional self-care to be uh, launching, thriving, and growing as a nurse. Thank you, Kara. Could you just um, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, and um, we'll take it from there. Sure thing. Yeah, so my name is Kara. I am also the mom nurse on social media. I have six children. I am a registered nurse right now, currently licensed in Minnesota, but I am obtaining my license in Alaska. We've lived here for almost three years, and I have been taking some time off to be with the kids while we transition to our new home here. I originally started in long-term care as an RN in a rehab wing. And then I also, um, once I was done with that transitioned to med surge, and then I was going to do OB, but then we moved. So there's, there's just a lot of, um, logistics there, but what I do now is I help nurses, um, that want to start their own businesses to be home with their babies. I help them start and launch their own businesses so that they can learn to work from home online or if they want to do a brick and mortar, that's totally fine too. But being their own boss essentially is is what I do. So, not my three mm-hmm. tips. Well, we'll we're going to ask Kara today to give us three tips uh, for starting out in nursing, because we know that many people 
start from a different place. Not everyone starts first degree undergrad. Not everyone launches their nursing career from a second degree program, which they did right after finishing undergrad. There's LP and RN. There are people in second careers. Some of you as nurses are re-entering the workforce. And some of you, like me, have been in many situations over the years working acute care, ambulatory care, oncology, critical care, many different practice settings. But you want to find a new way to do work you love. You want to pivot. So Kara brings us perspective on a couple of the scenarios I described. You were an LPN previously. You were a mother and a wife. You know, you had a household you were managing as you became an RN. And throw in there a move. And I believe we had the pandemic, which affected your trajectory as well. So I love to hear, I'd love to hear what life was like for you as a new nurse and the rehab wing of a long-term care facility, because there's more yes. than just the hospital to go to when you start out as an RN. Yeah. So I originally started with the long-term care because I had gone, my program was LPN to RN. And so I had found an LPN position just to get some income while I was in school, which is number tip number one, don't have a, a job while you're in the nursing program, even though they, they tell you not to, but I know a lot of us are, you know, just struggling just to make ends meet. And so you're like, I just need to have a job, but it was really not, especially with kids, not ideal to work and do nursing school and do, um, family life. So that's tip number one, listen to the instructors when they say, don't have a job while in nursing school. So LPN to RN, I then just took the position as an RN with a sign-on bonus into the long-term care facility I was already at. They were very short-staffed. And so I was typically only the RN in the building. I was running with um, TMAs, which are trained medical assistants on the other wings of the long-term care facility and overseeing all of the, the wings and the medications and treatments on all of the wings then, as well as the rehab um, wing that I was in charge of. So if there was any admissions or discharges, I was doing all of those assessments. And um, yeah, so it was a lot of work for a new grad coming out of nursing school and then realizing that it's not actually real like textbook nursing school life. Like this is <laughs> totally different than that. And yeah, where was I going with that? I think that well, that's really your, okay. So you, so because we've talked before and really how I was, how you caught my attention is you talked about, don't take that sign on bonus. So can we yes. just take that piece and will you tell us, tell us about your experience with that? Because you had a challenge and it did work out, but you endured a lot of, it was challenging. You said, yes. So when I took that sign on bonus, I was we already had three children and I took this sign on bonus because it was obviously like very enticing. Like, Oh, I'm going to get, you know, I think it was like at the time $3,000. So for us at the time was a lot of money. And I was really excited that, you know, you could use that for a lot of things. So I remember being really excited about it. But then as I got into this position, I didn't even know what I was getting myself into in as far as the workload that was involved and then I became pregnant with our fourth during that um, sign-on bonus. And I wasn't able to go part-time or casual. I had to, to work full-time and carry out that full year-long commitment, or I would have to pay back 
the money to the facility. And to me, I mean, to, to pay back that much money was a lot. So I had to stick it out and I was working full time, um, up until my due date with number four, because I couldn't, um, cut out of that. I tried every loophole I could, nothing was working to get out of that contract. And so that's, yeah. Tip number two, do not sign a sign on bonus until you know what you're getting into. I mean, there are certain jobs you could do a great sign on bonus and love the job, but there many times is it's a beware. Like this is a very big, they are desperate for help. They need you and you don't know what you're signing up for. So maybe shadow on the job. If you can do that before taking a sign on bonus or see if you can interview the nurses that already work on the floor or the nurse manager. Those are some tips that I'd have for if there's a sign on bonus, but yeah, it was not ideal. So I would not recommend it. I got through it, but it was not ideal as far as being a working mom and taking that sign on bonus in a very short staffed long-term care facility. So Kara, could you just tell us uh, what time of year this was when you were about to have, is is it your fourth child? third child, you're about to have a baby and you were working your rehab job and it was right around the end of the year, right? It was December, it was Christmas. So that was number five, actually. That was a different position. The the um, long-term care one, number four, he was due in June, but I can talk about number five too. That's that's in a different facility. (laughs) So I'm sorry about that. No, no, no. Excuse me. I I, you know, you have a, a full life and a whole full family and you've had many adventures while working as Very a much. being pregnant, right? Um, yes. You're, you're living well and smiling and happy and showing up with your kids in tow when you tell stories to nurses and connect with nurses. So living proof that life is good mm-hmm. and nursing brings many good things to those who pursue it um, through high and low, right? Yes. But, um, so give us your third tip. And then I have a question for you after that. Yeah. So our third tip would be to enjoy your work. Like even if you are in your job that you don't love right now, they are just stepping stones to get you to where you need to be in your career in the future. It might not seem like it, but you just have to realize that where you are right now is where you're meant to be. And that's my third tip that I have for new nurses, because it might seem like you just want to be in a certain position right now or know all of the things, but you don't know all the things and you'll get there eventually with time and with the skills and the experiences that you have. So that is my third tip. That's great because really um, from the career-wise nurse point of view and from what Kara and I have talked about and what we want to share with you is we're speaking to all nurses and I mentioned pivot and you don't know where life is going to take you, whether it's from Minnesota to Alaska or mm-hmm. abroad where you may not be able to just get a license from the state board of nursing and work, but, but there is a reason and there's a why Um, There's a why to what you do and a why to what I do, because we love nursing. It's incredibly rewarding and fulfilling, even in the most challenging moments, I'll just say. So enjoy your work. Always be dreaming of what your next job is. And that really goes along with professional self-care. That includes making sure you're exploring what are your career options? What are you going to do later? Because your life, as I said, as Kara pointed out, can change, often without a lot of warning. So make sure you have options. And what my goal is with this podcast and with the guests is to connect you with those of us who can help you look at what are your options. 
There are so many opportunities out there for you. So have an open mind. And when something doesn't feel good, that's another reason to connect with one of us so we can help you sort that out. From the negative or the less feel good point of view. Um, okay, so I wanna ask you as we move forward here, tell us a little bit about being a new RN in rehab. Um, I'd like to know how many patients you oversaw. You talked about the um, trained medical assistants. Is that right? The TMAs. Mm -hmm. um, tell us, give us an example of what your shift might be like, just briefly, because you, it was technical in terms of what you had to do and some of the devices you had to work with as a brand new nurse. And as I have you respond, yes. I just want to say, you talked about nursing practice and nursing school are completely different. So, yes. So give us a little highlight of a shift, a night in the life of a new grad in rehab on your own as the only RN in the building. <laughs> right? All right. So <laughs> coming into the shift would be, I had a full, typically very full rehab wing of 17 beds. Sometimes it was 15 or 16 patients on this rehab wing, but it was almost always full. And so you would have to get going already, um, sit down, you know, check your list, but then you would have this full list of people that needed medications, pain meds. It was constant pain management. And then also like there was IV infusions if they had a pick line. So they couldn't come to us with a peripheral IV. They would have to have a pick line. So we would give infusions through the pick line or, you know, a central line essentially is what they had. But so you would come in and you would check what all of your, you know, meds in your treatments were on that wing. And then if you had, like, they were supposed to have LPNs down each wing. And then maybe sometimes there was one TMA. But by the time I got done with my, my career there, I was working with three TMAs, which they can't do any, like, um, I'm trying to think like no, lung they're sounds. Not doing, they're not doing the central lines either. They're not giving no, it. no central lines, no, anything outside of their scope of practice is like insulins, like those high risk drugs that they can't do or treatments like listening to lung sounds to give a nebulizer treatment. They couldn't give nebulizer treatments. So, and there was a lot of them in long-term care, the insulins and, um, neb treatments as I remember going down there and any skin assessments they couldn't do. So I'd have You're to do those. Any, any assessments, right? <clears throat> Medical assistants are not no. assessments. That's an RN's job. Yes. And so working down those, you know, I would have to oversee all of my, you know, 16 or 17 patients that were very high acute care that would have sometimes like they're coming post-op day one, like a mastectomy, double mastectomy post-op day one. She had two JPs and I'm like a new nurse, like, wait, I think I'm supposed to empty these. You know, you're trying to like rack your brain. What are the textbook things I'm supposed to do? Right. Cause you were never trained for this you know, maybe saw one JP drain in clinical. So it was kind of like something that you're like, wow, I got it. Like your brain was just overloaded with all this information and making sure you're doing it right. That you had so much like room for error too. So I remember having that fear of like, I am going to do something wrong. My license is on the line. I'm a brand new nurse, you know, all of these things that go through your head and you're literally the only RN in the building. So there were sometimes I would see LPNs, um, setting up sterile fields on the windowsill while their patients on the bed, like things that you were like, Oh my gosh, like this is real life. <laughs> and you'd have to then correct it because you're like, that's not, you know, you know, you can't set up your sterile field over there. Like the patients on the bed, like that's where you're supposed to set it up. Right. 
<laughs> things like that, that, um, as a new nurse, you're just like, Oh my word. <laughs> so tell, tell the nurses, tell the audience, future nurses included one positive thing about being in the rehab setting, you know, what, what there had to be one thing there that you loved or that would, you would reflect on fondly of that experience. So in all, like every time I go back to that, I just always remember having, when I quit there, I knew I, it was just the icing on the cake that gave me the skills and the, the mindset of like a nurse and also like going into the hospital setting. Then I was actually more appreciative of my job there, knowing all of the things that I did at the nursing home. Um, and I just know that I needed to learn all those skills. So it was something that even though I didn't so much um, love running my butt off from, you know, three to 1130 PM, like without a break almost like it was, it gave me a lot of experience into real life nursing and real life, like hospital care, like the rehab part of it. So yeah, it was, it was overall the skills that I learned in that setting. Thank you. Just quickly tell us about working through Christmas about to have another baby. Because yes, there are so, many like, like you out there that have or will do this. So after number, I was pregnant with number five and also again working, it was not full-time quite, but it was still almost full-time. And I knew that at that point that I wanted to go casual or find a different job that I knew that would be more beneficial for our family. But I wasn't, I don't know, at that point, I, I couldn't just quit because I've already built up all this PTO and all this, you know, like benefits. I was, I was the insurance person for the family. So I was like, kind of not wanting to quit, but I was just ready to step back and not be working as a mom with five. So with number five, I, he was due December, like 20, I think his due date was the 24th of December. And I couldn't get work off. They wouldn't allow, they wouldn't grant me the PTO. They wouldn't grant me any time off because they were so short staffed. And so I was actually like, I had tried to schedule an induction with the OB and like, I was going to have an induction on the 22nd of December. And then they called me and they denied it. They're like, this is an elective induction. And so because I was scheduled at work I and my work and my OB are connected, right? They knew each other. I felt obligated to tell my work that I could work then because they were so short staffed. So I literally worked December 24th and 25th. I tried to get um, like low need or, you know, whatever it is for your hospital that it would be called. And I was not granted canceled. canceled. Yeah. Yeah. I was not granted the request and I worked nine months pregnant on the 24th and 25th of December that year he was born. And then he was born the 27th of that month. So three days later. And I just remember going like, this is insane that I have to work as a a mom and like, I'm missing my kids Christmas and I'm nine months pregnant. Like, yes, I could have called in, but it's like that obligation that you feel and that dedication to your job and to your career that makes it hard to be able like, I'm just going to call in sick to your patients. Like you feel like you're letting them down. you feel like you're letting your family down. It's, it's a really interesting conundrum that you get yourself into as a nurse and as a mom. So I, I remember like, yeah, bawling about it. Like, why am I here? I mean, 
then you just had to get in the mindset that this is Christmas and somebody else's Christmas is there in the hospital. So there was obviously things I worked through in my own head of to justify why I was working, but it was, it was rough, like up until the due date and Christmas. And yeah, then that was what caused me to go casual after him. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I need to be here for my family. I had to make that decision to move forward with what was best for our family and for, you know, the whole of everything, even my own, my own self as a nurse. So so you went to PRN or per DM, casual, yeah. different term, but you weren't then committed to a full-time or even a part-time set schedule on the unit. Yeah. So I actually had committed to a, like a, I threatened to quit and then they took me on as casual. So it was kind of like a, I'm going to quit unless you want to keep me as casual, but I can't work any position anymore. Like I'm not, and they took me, they said, you're a really good nurse. You've been, you know, you have really good skills that we still want to keep you. So don't be afraid to do those things too, as a new nurse that, and if they're not going to value you, then you will find they, somebody else will find value in you. So that's what I w- made the decision that I'm just going to threaten to quit. And if they want to keep me, I'll work two shifts a month. That's what PRN was at the time. So your yeah. value, you, you know, they knew that you had value. And I believe that the leaders unit, the unit director, uh, you know, all the way up the line, they're all in a really tight spot because of what goes on to run an organization for healthcare, the business piece. Yet you really have to advocate for yourself, which is what you did. You know, I'm going to quit or else, Mm -hmm. but it's not as if you wanted to completely leave. And that, that leader, your direct leader, you saw that value. And you really said here, you know, this is it all or none, you know, advocate, advocating for yourself. And they were able Mm -hmm. to do a compromise with you. So I love it. Um, I love your passion and I love your honesty Mm -hmm. about the challenges and the rewards. Um, So let's just kind of wrap up. Kara, Mm -hmm. you talked about uh, three tips plus a few other pearls in there. Don't work while you're in nursing school, if if at all possible. (laughs) Um, And with that, um, you know, being very transparent so that you can try to have that balance in your life, in your school life, in your, your future professional nursing life. Um, these are good habits that, you know, takes practice to get habits in place. These are good things to have in mind as you take on a new job or go to school as a nurse. Um, say no to the sign-on bonus. Be fully aware. If you're in a position where you want to work part-time, that may not be an option when you're looking at a role that has a sign-on bonus. So get all the information and, again, advocate and connect with someone who can help you to fully understand what that means in context of your role, the hospital, the organization, you know, and your own expectations you've set as you seek a role or want to find a position and then um, enjoy your work. So just let everyone know how they can connect with you. And I will put all of your contact information for Kara as the mom nurse, Kara Johnson in the show notes for everyone. And thank you so much, everyone for your time, Kara. Take it away as we conclude. Yes. Yeah, so you can get in touch with me at themomnurse.com. And I also have a Facebook group, the Mom Nurse Entrepreneur Group. On um, Just search that and you'll find it. It has lots of information for when you are a nurse mom wanting to become an entrepreneur. All of the different, um, there's training is there on how to do nurse healthcare writing, how to do nurse healthcare consulting. Um, copywriting businesses. There's so much goodies in there to 
get you started and open your mindset to different opportunities and different things out there for a nurse and what you can do to work from home. So I also do um, trainings for nurses that want to learn how to do their own businesses and have a program that I'm actually creating right now. I have an e-course as well. So you can find that on my website on how to get from bedside to business. So that's all I have for you guys. And I thank you for listening. Kara, just tell us one more time what your website is. So everyone can do that. It's www.themomnurse.com. Thank you. Thank you everybody so much for taking the time to listen and really um, connect with us today. I'm Natalie Dietry. I'm your host for the CareerWise Nurse Podcast. I would love to connect with you. I coach nurses. I really focus on that professional self-care. And Kara is there to help you launch your side business because we really love nursing and want all of you to be fulfilled and live the best nursing life that you can live. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast. Connect today with the CareerWise Nurse Podcast community. Do this by emailing belong at careerwisenurse.com. That's B-E-L-O-N-G at careerwisenurse.com. Join the CareerWise Nurse Facebook group. A link is provided at the bottom of the page. Leave a review for this podcast. Scroll past the episodes where you will see write a review. I read every review because I want to know what you think, what you want to know, who you want to meet to help you live your best nursing life. Tap on the stars to rate this podcast. Thank you. Talk to you soon.